Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Uh, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm Coach Damon Wilson. And for this week's episode, we've got a guest that I'm really excited about because oftentimes when I coach youth goalies or work with coaches, I tell them to pick a goalie that matches their style and mimic how they play. And for me, that's this goalie. It's Brian Phipps, Maryland star, current member of the Chesapeake Bayhawks, and just uh, great knowledge of goalie insight. And also he matches my style. So it was a great conversation and I'm sure you're going to get a lot out of what you hear. Before we get started with this week's episode, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is my own Lax Goalie Rat online camp. If you're looking for the best lacrosse goalie training that exists online, this is it. It's got everything. It's got the physical. It's got the technical. It's got the mental mindsets. And it's got all of the drills that you need to reinforce those concepts and train or become an amazing goalie. So check out the camp. It's available at laxgoalierat.com slash goal. That's laxgoalierat.com slash goal. Great. My next guest on the Lax Goalie Rat podcast is Brian Phipps, former Maryland Terrapin and member of the Chesapeake Bayhawks. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Awesome. I'd like to start at the beginning. Uh, you know, what? when did you first jump into goal? Uh, so back in our clinic days, which is – I started playing lacrosse when I was probably five years old. Um, we had two goalies, myself and another guy. Uh, Brian White was a friend of mine. He played midfield and goalie, and I played attacking goalie. And we kind of split time all the way up until eighth grade. Um, kind of thrown in there, I guess, that they needed a goalie, and we both volunteered kind of started from there. My dad uh, played goalie a little bit back in uh, high school and college, so he had some experience. So he, he helped me along the way. Um, and then when we got to high school, my dad was like, you need to decide between attack and goalie. And you're not very fast, so I was stick to goalie. So that's <laughs> kind of how it all started and uh, came together. That's great. And so each you know, each goalie has a little bit of a different style, but how would you describe, you know, your style of goalie play? Yeah, I mean, since uh, I've been playing goalie probably over 20 years of my life, it's it's kind of changed and morphed as I've progressed at each level. Um, when I was younger, you're always taught to, like, step to the ball, attack the ball, you know, be aggressive. And now that I'm playing the MLL and guys are shooting 100 miles an hour plus, it's more – I kind of step flat and play against the goal line and kind of step and growing up, you're taught 45 degree angles. And now I play 20 degree angles, stepping sideways and just protecting the goal line. Basically I teach all my goalies now to just get in front of the ball. Your job is to make sure that ball doesn't cross the white line or the goal line extended and get in front of it as best you can, whether it's stepping sideways, stepping backwards. A lot of times that different nuances that I'm learning in this league that is this fastest game on two feet of lacrosse with guys shooting the ball under plus you have to just react and get in front of the ball best you can and sometimes it's unorthodox sometimes you're just jumping in front of it but you gotta do whatever it takes to get in front of it yeah for sure for sure 
Well, I, um, you know, when I coach kids, I often tell them to find a goalie that, you know, that, that sort of mimics their style or their body type even. And you're one of those goalies for me. Like I'm not a big guy, um, five foot eight. So I, I always like look for those goalies who are not, you know, the Dylan Wards and Scott Rogers who are like six, seven foot, if you will. Uh, but the smaller, quicker goalies. So, um, thank you for being, you know, it's interesting because we don't know each other. We've never met, but yet I've seen so much of your content on YouTube and kind of, uh, read articles. So I, I just want to say thanks for that. Yeah, no problem. Happy. I mean, we kind of, I always say like, I'm not going to teach when I teach goalies or do clinics, it's there's more than one correct way to play the position, but here are some things that I find that help me and hopefully they can take it and go from there. Because like you said, we're not Scott Rogers. We're not Dylan Ward. We're not those big goalies that take up a lot of cage. Like a Jack Runkle used to be at Loyola, but we're just those guys that still the same job. Still got to stop the ball and get in front of it. So we have to use our quicknesses and our reaction time. Yeah. Um, what, you know, as you progressed from your junior high, high school, college, MLL, what are, what are some obstacles that you've had to overcome uh, along that journey? Um, I, I tore my ACL twice. So I tore it once in high school, once in college. Um, so obviously, in, and broken my thumb probably six plus times. Just the nature of the sport of getting hit on a thumb. So injuries is obviously the one, uh, the one obstacle that I've had to overcome and just stick with it. And my love for the game and my passion for lacrosse is what's kind of ultimately you know, got me through every injury and work hard to get there. Uh, in college, I split time with Jason Carter. So my first year, um, a couple goalies got hurt. I started, became rookie of the ACC Rookie of the Year, and then the next year I'm splitting time with Jason Carter for the next two years. Um, so it's kind of a, a battle of a little frustration, but also Jason was a great teammate and pushed me to be the goalie that I am today. So I mean, it's, it's, it was there for a reason, and, and Coach Cottle trusted both of us as goalies. And I remember one of my favorite victories ever was my sophomore year. We beat Virginia, who was the number one team in the country, and Jason had 20-plus saves and played the whole game, and I was on the sideline. That was one of my favorite victories because it was just our team winning and playing together, and Jason played awesome and rooting for him as a teammate and as a goalie. That's great. So I want to talk a little bit about recovering from those injuries because um, it's a topic that I haven't really touched on on this show um, you know what was that like for you because because I imagine in addition to all the physical um, training that you had to do to get your knee and your leg strength back there's probably a lot of mental aspects as you kind of went you know maybe even questioned your skills a little bit jumping back in the cage for the first time yeah for sure I mean the first year I did it was going into my junior year of high school um, so I missed all fall, all winter going in and kind of who knows what was going to happen. I think that affected a little bit of the recruiting aspect of my high school career, but obviously the recruiting was a little different back then. So yeah, uh, it helped. But um, the, the going into my senior year of college, I tore my, I tore my ACL quarterfinals of the game against Syracuse in 2009, my junior year. And that summer, that fall, kind of going and rehabbing and coming back and coaches didn't know if I'd be the same goal or if I could be that guy that was going to start my senior year for them. Um, and we had a freshman, Nico Amato there. So it's kind of like I have to kind of work my butt off to get back in shape and, and get there. But the hardest part is not seeing those shots and not trusting yourself and believing yourself that you are capable of just kind of getting back into the swing of things, kind of 
just like riding a bike, just hop back on and, and go from there. And luckily, you know, things clicked and I, I remembered how to stop the ball and, and kind of progressed from there and had a good senior season. Yeah. And, and that even goes to like going into a mental slump, you know, where it's like maybe you're not physically injured, but you just get into this like headspace where you're not as confident yeah, and, sure. you know, and, and that really affects how you play. Yep, for sure. I think, I mean, I, I teach as a, as a coach and high school coach now and as a teammate and a player, you play your best when you're most confident in yourself um, and going out there and whatnot. So I think, and as a goalie, the mental aspect is, you know, 75% of the game, 95% of how you play is all about how you think and your mindset going into it and having that confidence and trust in yourself that you can make that save. I think that allows you to play your best because there are games and practices when, you know, you're not confident, you're not seeing the ball well, you're just kind of just guessing and stepping to the ball and hopefully you get hit with it. That kind of changes a lot of how my style of play is. If I don't see the ball very well, I start stepping out and hopefully just get hit with the ball rather than trusting my my teachings, my learning and tactics of kind of playing far back and giving myself a little bit more time to see the ball and get in front of it. So the mental aspect is huge and that goes in from practice. And when, you, when you're injured, you can't have that practice. You're not, you don't have that comfortability level of going out there but uh, that's like that's the, the biggest battle being a goalie is that mental aspect and that's one thing that you can't teach and you can't coach and you can't recruit it's hard to find that mental toughness and mental stability that you have as a goalie mm-hmm. what, what do you do to increase your confidence I, I, I just confidence falls back on your training so the more you play the more comfortable you are the more you do it's kind of, i've been here before I played this game, I played that guy, I've done this, I did this practice, I've worked hard for this, I've seen this shooter, I've watched film, and that's kind of the best thing to give yourself confidence is kind of knowing your opponent, knowing yourself going forward. And that's one thing that I think I do pretty well and helped me in the MLL is my kind of understanding of the opponent and knowing Joe Walter shoots, he likes to shoot this spot, this angle, and Paul Rabel shoots here, he likes to go there. And so it's ways of kind of studying and researching and, okay, I knowing what they're going to do and the same thing is I think I'm better at saves on this side of the field than that side of the field so let's play a different way on this side and that side so that's just kind of understanding the game understanding the cross and understanding your opponent so you kind of have that head, head up advantage on him because as you know as a goal it's they have the advantage every single time they have the ball they know where they want to shoot you have to see it and react and kind of go from there and knowing that having a little advantage or knowing where they might want to go is that that might make a difference between getting a piece of the ball and it going wider ball going back to the net by one. Yeah. So, so much of it is experience and, and relying on that, that training. I, wa- I watched this, um, this movie the other day oh, a while back three, it's called three Kings with George Clooney. There's this scene where like, he's like, they're about to go into battle, you know? And he goes, he asks this soldier, like, are you nervous? And he goes, yeah, I am. He's like, well, the way it works is first you do the thing you're scared of and then you get the confidence, not the other way around. And that's kind of like what we're talking about right here is like, you've got to go through those games and you've got to go through all those different types of situations. And then when you experience them the second time, you'll be confident a little more confident, let's say. Get that comfortability level, like I've done this before, just kind of a, a routine again. That's what, you know, Coach Tillman, I worked with him for two years at Maryland and been a close friend of my mentor. He said, like, that's what it, you, you prepare for everything to so go through every scenario in your mind before it. So when it happens, you've already seen it, you've visualized it, and you're ready for it.
Yeah, I like that. I I um I learned on this podcast to kind of visualize even letting up goals too, because a lot of goalies like you know, they, they give up a goal and then like these emotions kick in and it's just like instinct. They'll throw the sticks, slump the shoulders. Um, so you've got to even imagine saves, but also visualize giving up a goal and how you're going to positive, positively react in that situation. For sure. I mean, you're not going to make every save. I think I tell my goalies like 60% is an All-American. 60% save percentage is an All-American. And if you got a 60% on a research paper or a test, you'd be upset. So yeah. There's different ways you can think about it. Like, you're not supposed to make every save. My dad growing up said, make all the easy saves, half the hard ones, and you'll be a really good goalie. And that's kind of my mentality. You're going to get scored on. It's okay. It's not your – I mean, the other guys in front of you may have messed up and you're the last line of defense, but, you know, it takes them – they have to get by nine guys before they shoot on you. So, yeah, I, I like that. Cool. Make all the easy saves, make half the hard ones. And then maybe add one bonus, yeah. like save, steal one. Yeah. yeah, steal one, stuff yeah. them up close, and that's yeah. that's an all star right there. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of the aspect that I have, and I teach my guys like you're going to get scored on, and you see it all the time of coaches getting mad at goalies and why did you save that? It's like, that's the last thing you want to say to them. It's like, okay, get the next one. Like the most important shot is the next one, whether you made that save or you got scored on. The most important shot is the next one, and that's kind of the mentality of everyone forward. Yeah. And, and you're uh, coaching as well. Am I right? Yes. I coach at a high school. So I coached in college for four years. Um, and now I coach at a, a local high school. Oh, that's great. As a head coach. Yes. Okay. How, um, how as a head coach, do you uh, like plan the goalie work? Um, it's, it's a way of kind of fine tuning it. We do a big thing of, I, I coach pretty similar to how we did it at Maryland was where we'll have, Positional work, so the attack goes with one coach, committee school with one coach, defense goes with one coach, and then the goalies come with me. And we kind of do our we call it goalie world or whatnot, where we're just there doing our footwork, our stepping, our hand-eye coordination, um, and then I let them kind of how they tell me how they like to get warmed up because my warm-up's different than Nico Mato's warm-up, different than John Galloway's warm-up. So I'm not going to tell goalies just how you have to get warmed up. It's what you want to do to get yourself better or mentally prepared. Um, and then that's kind of how we go from there. So they kind of, we work together. I mean, I'm not, not going to tell a goalie how to play because again, he's got to be confident in himself and trust his ability and whatnot. So I'll help critique them and show them the right way. And then they go from there, kind of give them a stencil and they color in with their different color. Awesome. Um, and how great those goalies get the training from an MLL pro, huh? I, w- I wish I had that back in the day. <laughs> Uh, well, you mentioned kind of different warm-ups. What what does your what does your warm-up look like? Uh, it's, I mean, it depends. Game day warm is different than a practice warm-up for me. Yeah. For sure. um, I, I'm a big – it's changed over the years. Um, but now, lately, I'm a big believer in the shooter going on the arc around in front of the cage. So you go from one side and work your way around to the other side. So you see all the different aspects of – the bleachers are really bright on this side of the field. You can't see on this side because mm. of the sun. So you get that perspective. Um, and then I say shoot high anywhere, then hips, then low, because I don't want to become a robot. I don't want to assume your shooting sticks that high and just step and not watch the ball. I want to step and watch the ball every single time wherever it goes. And then just be in that robotics, like, oh, you said you were shooting sticks that high. And you didn't. Like, why didn't you? So it's a way of just kind of learning to watch the ball and react because that's the way to get me mentally prepared ready and on game days i'd probably take 
10, 15 shots before, like the working the way down and then 10 shots all over and I'm mentally ready to go because it's more mental for me nowadays now that I'm 30 years old playing goalie still, that it's more mental. Like, okay, do you feel good? Do you feel ready? Great, I can go. Like rather than um, back in the day, it's like, okay, it's the same routine over and over again. Let's just get, let's get comfortable now. I'm like, all right, I'm more mentally ready to go than anything. That's kind of how I go from there. Yeah. That's great. I also, um, in my warm up routine, I like the not necessarily going stick side high, off stick high, but just going high. Yeah. Because um, it limits it a little bit, you know, so I can still kind of focus on getting warm and making right. the save. But then you still, you're training that reaction because you don't necessarily know if it's going off stick or stick side. Um, so I think that's a good point. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to be robotic, you need to be an athlete. Yeah. Um, who are, who are some of your lacrosse goalie idols and what, you know, specifically did you learn from them? You mentioned coach Tillman. I don't know if there's others uh, that you have. Uh, growing up in Annapolis, um, I think it's kind of, I would like to do like a story or research on the amount of Anne Arundel County goalies that turned out to be all division one, all American. Um, Growing up, Tillman Johnson lived a couple blocks away. He turned out to be one of the best goalies that first kind of blew up on the scene and said, a goalie can win you a championship. Um, his performance in the Final Four, uh, beating Maryland in the semifinals, stole my heart. But uh, uh, it's just one that I remember specifically. Um, and then he, his story is he didn't even start in high school because Chris Garrett was ahead of him. It was all-world goalie, so it's crazy that that happens. And then my senior year, I was a freshman. Kip Turner is the starting goalie, and I'm on JV. And he turns out to be an All-American MLO All-Star Pro at Virginia. So it's crazy to think that. And then my my, my class, Mike DeVosden, is the same year as me. We, our high schools are less than a block apart and the top two goalies in the country are here. So it's pretty impressive that you know, our Anne Arundel County has Division One goalies, high pro All-Star goalies in this one area. And I'm just curious to see kind of, if any other area has that efficiency of goalies because my high school had Seven straight goals go to Division One, starting from you know uh, Andrew Larkin and Matt Larkin to Kip Turner mm-hmm. to myself, Adam Cohen, Woody Johnson, all the way down. It's pretty impressive just to see how the talent of goalies in this area. Um, pretty special to be in that group. Yeah, that's interesting. What um, I mean, what what do you theorize is the case? It's got to be a lot. Has a lot to do probably with having a good coach, but then also having good mentors, right? Because yeah. you know, as a younger goalie, you learn so much from the guy above you. And I think starting at such a young age in the Annapolis, Anne County, Maryland area, we're fortunate to have that training as six-year-olds. Uh, you're learning as you go along. Like you're learning the game, and you're not afraid of the ball. You're willing to step in front of it. You're willing to do everything it takes to be a successful goalie. And as you grow, you can kind of develop that extra nuances of, this, of the sport of the position to help you become that great of a goalie. Yeah, that's great. All right. Um, what does your goalie training regiment look like these days? Uh, nowadays, it's more of just staying in shape and footwork. Um, kind of my first couple of years in the MOL and in college, it's all about just playing, getting shots, just playing, playing, playing good shots, shooting around with a good friend. And now, to be honest, I've been 30, going my ninth or tenth year in the league. It's more about footwork, foot speed, quickness, staying athletic, staying in shape. 
um, and then you'll get the, you'll see the shots come to practice on the weekend. Um, so for me, it's more about kind of staying physically in shape because mentally I can I still can go through it and be ready. Okay, hop in the cage in 30, 30 minutes. Okay, good, I'm ready to go. That's kind of more of my my take on it is more mental now, knowing that I need to work on the physicalness and staying in shape and staying active and, and whatnot. I play a lot of tennis with my wife. She's she beats me every now and then, so it's nice to kind of <laughs> stay in shape and work on your foot speed, hand-eye coordination, playing tennis, and just kind of call it in conditioning and work out. That's great. Um, what for the foot speed is like, like jump rope, agility ladders, things like agility that. Ladders, that you're doing yeah. it. Agility ladders, jump rope, um, shuttles, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And l- luckily, I work at a high school that has a nice gym right that we can use that I have at my fingertips that I can use. And I'll do a lot of goalie individuals or workouts with high school age kids, youth goalies, and I'll put them through the drills and I'll do those drills just with them. So it's a way of working with younger kids, but also doing the same workouts that I do with them. So they mm-hmm. push me, I challenge them and kind of a good way to kind of work to get better is someone challenging and pushing you. And that's what it, I'll challenge the younger kids and the high school kids will challenge me and go from there. Yeah, that's great. I was talking with another uh, guest on the podcast and we were talking about introducing competition into the drills and it's kind of what you're talking about it's like you got you got to find a way to push yourself and whether that's you know the coach saying all right you know you did 10 reps let's let's try to get 15 or whether that's you know you're competing with your with your peer or whether that's a high school kid helping you uh train you got to push yourself for sure i think that's what i mean we all love sports because of the competition so you're always itching for it you want it no matter what if you're for example, my wife coaches at Maryland. She was all-world, two-time gold medalist, tort winner. So her and I compete for everything. And last time I beat her in tennis, she like, didn't even want to drive home with me because she didn't have that. <laughs> so it's just the way like everything you do, you compete at. And you're going to push yourself to that extra limit they don't know about because of the competition factor. And that's uh, what we do. Like, and I won't go always. The last thing I do is like 10 shots. You need to make six to be All-American, 60%. So don't let me score five goals. That's how we kind of challenge each other at the end of every every warm-up, every session. It's, there's always some type of competition. And there's some ball toss drills that we do, like hot potato. And if you drop it, you spell pig. So it's a way of just kind of hand-eye coordination, tossing back and forth, challenging each other, because you're going to push your teammate to the brink of your challenge here, rather than just going through the motion and saying, okay, let's do 10 reps and move on. Because you need that aspect of what's going to make me go faster, go stronger. So, okay, I'm going to beat you. I do to beat you. It's awesome. Yeah, that's actually one drill I learned from you is that hot potato drill. Um, really working on soft hands. Yeah, for sure. Every, I, that's the biggest thing that I tell goalies. Like, how can I become better? It's like, don't be a stopper. Be a, sa- be a saver. Like, make saves. Catch everything rather than stop it. Catch it. You're the first person on offense. It's how to help your team. And everything you do with soft hands, receive it, kind of catching your fingertips rather than snatching it and going to grab it. It's like soft hands. Mm-hmm. Receive that egg. Get in front of it. Uh, it's a great drill to do off the wall just by yourself, or if you have two or three people sitting in a circle, just throw it either way. Kind of hot potato, no look, kind of being on your toes, being aware at all times. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything about your goalie game that you would say, like, like I'm probably one of the best in that area? <laughs> uh, I, I think um, I, I don't want too much credit but like i think i catch a lot of the saves like i'll catch it i'll catch it i don't give up next rebounds 
Um, a lot of it is because of the stick I use and the big pocket that I have and um, the East Coast guys back there. I string my sticks with of the new waxy technology mesh that you have these days that kind of gives with it so much. But I pretty much play with a fishing net, and I think that's one of the reasons so I don't pick up rebounds and I can catch a lot of shots rather than make stops and extend the possession for the other team. You can make it safe, you can be the first person on offense to be in that quarterback lead. That's great. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that stick a little bit because I've seen some photos, and that thing, I mean, that thing is deep. Was it like five or six, five or six balls deep or something like that? At least, at least. Yeah. Um, the bigger pocket, the better. Uh, that's a big believer. And you know, if I pick up someone else's stick, like I feel like I can't play the same. So I'm not the same. I don't have that comfortability level or this awkwardness of someone else's fully stick. But mine are some pretty deep pockets, but you know, I can clear the ball perfectly for me. Um, I like, so it's nice to have that. But. A lot of other people have to pick up my stick. The ball goes right to the ground. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's the only drawback with that deep pocket is you got to learn how to throw with it. Yeah, and Put your elbow super high, dip that pocket back so the ball sits at the top and it comes out pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, what, uh, you know, with all the experience that you have now, what, what would you go back and tell your, your high school self? Uh, I, I would say just main thing I think we talked about earlier is don't get down on yourself after you do up goals. Like I would get so angry and break my stick over my leg and all that stuff back in the day of just being so frustrated. It would take me out of my comfortability level, just being there, being relaxed, being ready because you never want to be too intense and too eager to go and jump out of the ball. It's like relax, be poised, see the ball, save the ball rather than, oh, he's about to shoot, go jump at it. And so be so fiery and so energetic and so angry if I get scored on, I'll just think, like, ooh, it's going to be okay, like, sit back, relax, see the ball, get in front of it, just trust yourself, and you get scored on, you say, so what, get the next one, that's kind of the mentality I have now, but when I was in high school, I was pretty fiery, pretty angry of getting scored on, because I just didn't want to get scored on, but you have to understand that you are going to get scored on, and how do you react after that? Yep. You're not going to have a perfect game or a shutout, because I don't think I've had a shutout in one year playing goal with three That's crazy to think about, but that's how it is. Uh, the worst memory I ever had is we were up, we played, I played at Merrill, we played 10. I had 17 saves and one goal against, and I was myself scoring myself after picking up a ball and like cradling it out and went to the net. So like, that was my perfect chance. That was my only chance to have a shutout. That was the only goal of the game? Yeah, I scored on myself. Uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I had one. I had a shutout going at halftime. And um, like, I just, I don't know, at that point, I was like relatively inexperienced. And I just mentally was not ready. It was like, I was, I, I literally remember thinking to myself, wow, can I keep this up? Like, I'm seeing it so well. And it, but it, but my, my, my headspace was like, can I keep this up? As opposed to like, being super confident. Yeah. And, and then we end up getting shredded in the second half. That's the worst. Off. Every game, like even in games now, it's like, all right, I have four saves. Like, I'm doing well. I haven't given up a goal yet. Four saves, no goals against. Next shot goes in. Like, ah, jinx it. Why? Why did I even say that? So I'm a big believer in don't count stats. Don't look at stats at halftime. Don't worry about it. Just focus on the next save. Yep. Stay in the present. That's kind of what, what I talk about quite a bit is like, don't think about, don't think about the past. Like, crap, I can't believe I just gave up that goal. Don't think about the future. 
you know, just, just stay in the moment and play. Cause that's, I mean, it's a reactionary position and that's what, that's what we got to do. Coach Connor always says, be where your feet are, be where your feet are. That's there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you were a backup goalie and it sounds like you've been a backup goalie at numerous points in your career, you know, how, how do you handle that situation or what, what is your advice for goalies who are in a backup position, you know, to continue to improve while not getting those, those looks? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, again, a lot of this competition, like what are you doing to get better? Um, the position I'm in right now, uh, I started the first couple of games of the year, separated my shoulder, missed a couple and Nico Amato came in and honestly, I think he's playing the best at any goalie in the MLL right now, should be up for goalie of the year. Um, this is a big reason why we're in the second place and going to host a playoff game. Um, but what I can do is just be that support for him because our team is going to win if our goalie plays well. And I'm on the sideline helping him, doing things with warm-ups and activities and workouts with him just to help him get ready. But knowing that if something goes wrong or I need to step in, I'm doing the same things that he's doing that's going to help me prepare if I do get there. Um, that's the one thing that you have to be ready for. It's, it's one shot, one penalty, who knows, one play away of going in and being that guy that your team can rely on. Um, and I'm kind of now that I'm more of a veteran in the locker room, I'm you know, a high school coach and college coach. I kind of put my coach's hat on when I'm not under the helmet uh, so I can help out as best I can on the sideline of uh, coaching defense, talking to Nico, helping him mentally stay in the game. And the goal goes in, it's all about Nico, get the next one. Like, you had two good saves and that was unlucky. Like, we'll get the next one to be the best team that you can be at the same time like i know that if coach calls my number i'm going in and and put my best foot forward it's great it's really good advice right there um what about pregame rituals i guess maybe more when you're when you were starting do you have any pregame rituals that we should be aware of here that's changed i mean again in college and whatnot that was as big i was really pretty madonna when it came to pregame rituals (laughs) I, had, I needed to have a blue Gatorade and a Reese's peanut butter cup before every game and retake my stick before every game. I have to touch the crease three times with my cleats before I walked into the crease every single time. It, it was bad. It was really bad. And then I listened to the same song before before games. But that was kind of in my youth days and younger days. But now it's kind of like, all right, you've done this enough before. Just go out and make saves and, and do it again. But uh, in my youth, it was bad. I was It was uh pretty uh, annoying sometimes if all the rituals I had to go through were having to go find a blue gear and we just get a couple on away games so that was tough. We <laughs> weren't near a hotel and hotel wasn't near anything so sometimes I'd pack them and the reasons would melt and it was bad. It was, it was bad. Oh man. Yeah, that's that's the problem with intricate pregame rituals is uh, sometimes, yeah. you know, you, you got to go out of your way to, to make sure you stick to it. <laughs> Happy those are those are long gone now, and my comfortability level is just get on the bike and ride it again is there. So yeah, yeah, totally. Cool. Uh, we talked quite a bit about mental toughness already. I, I was just curious if there's anything else that you do um, to remain, you know, mentally strong. Uh, not really. I think it's just nowadays being a veteran, just relying on being there before, do it again type of type of aspect. Um, I do think that a support staff of a teammate is huge and comes to being mentally strong and mental support because you're stronger than if you're if you have backup, right? You 
you trust yourself, you have that much more confidence. And that's kind of what the team motto is. is you know, you're only strong. One person is strong, but as a team, we're undeniable. You know, that's kind of mentality we have. And being mentally strong is having the defense have your back and say, yeah, Tips, you got this. Like, we're good. Let's go. We're good. We got this. And just having that voice, someone else in the back of your head, kind of helping you along the way is a huge help and a huge step. And I, I tell everybody, like, have that one person that you tell, like, for every game, like, I'm playing for you. Like, this game is dedicated to you. I'm playing my hardest for you. So if I need you, you have my back and help support me. And that's what you have. That's what my dad's been since day one. Of, I text you before every game, you know, play hard, play your best, have fun. That's knowing that. It's like, okay, if I do those three things, then if we lose, and I'll still be successful. And I had a good time, but, you know, those are the three things that I fall back on. Having him support me through all those things, because I know that if I gave up 15 goals and made two saves, I know that he'll have trust and faith in me that the next shot I might take. So that's huge, just having a teammate or a someone to support you in the times of tough. Yeah, that support system is key, is really key. I think, um, you know, for every goal, you can't, you can't go it alone. You know, you've got to have, whether it's an outside mentor, like, you know, for you, your father, or, you know, whether it's uh, your friend on the team, because you're going to have those days where, you know, you got to go to that person and be like, hey, man, I do not feel like playing today as yeah. a goalie. Like, I, it's, you know, it's, I could see snow over there. Like, I do not feel like taking a 90 mile an hour crank shot to the thigh. Right. Um, and, you know, you got to be, you got to be okay with telling them that. And they got to give you a little pep talk because sometimes you're going to give the pep talks as a leader and sometimes yeah. you need them. For sure. And I think that's like the, the biggest aspect that a coach can kind of be is like, don't be the goalie killer. Like, your goalie's going to play the best most confidence. Like, don't say, why did you save that? You need to save that. Why are you doing this? It's like, Build him up, like help him because he's gonna help you. Like the last thing you want to do is have a goalie second guess at yourself on that. Like down one or whatever it might be. Like don't have your goalie second guess at yourself. Have build that confidence in him because he's gonna play your best when you're confident. Mm-hmm. Whether it's whether it's just blowing smoke up their butt or whatnot, but like hey, that, that I'll never forget like Space Jam, like secret stuff, right? That water bottle that they just put like secret stuff on just gave you that false that that whatever just to give you that false confidence, but it was confidence and it helped them be successful. And I thought that's what it takes to be a goal is having that trust and everyone else believing you makes you play better. It's huge to have a coach treat you like that rather than the coach blaming the goalie for everything. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree. And, and I think obviously the best teams, the teams that wins championships have great goalies, you know, I mean, they're very, very, it's very rare where you have a weak goalie and you know, the rest of the team can carry the goalie. The position is that important. And you know, you've got to, as a coach, be building their confidence. Like you just said, not breaking it down. For sure. And that's kind of the mentality that I have now as a, as a, as a coach, you never want to be that guy yelling at the goalie. It's like, build them up. Like don't blame the goalie, blame the nine other guys that take that shot from five yards out. Yep. Think about it that way. Yeah, and go nuts on saves. I think that's yeah. also a key For point. Sure. Especially ones that they shouldn't have. They steal. Right? They steal save. They steal goal. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a huge the scoreboard factor. I always say is for goalies. Like, it's huge. Like, you make one mistake and the scoreboard tells you. Like, it lights up. It's one nothing. Like, if an attacker makes a mistake, no one knows. So that pressure of being a goalie is huge, but you have that also the 
the influence on the game of making a big impact. Like if you make ten saves and they only score five, like he won that game. Nice. Are there any, um, I guess, unconventional tools that you use to coach goalies? Uh, maybe Space Jam movies or uh, <laughs> anything that, you know, like maybe not outside of the lacrosse realm that you kind of point to? Uh, when I worked at Georgetown, um, Jake Haley is the goalie that I worked with. There's two things. Is we use uh, a baseball mitt, like a baseball glove, just to kind of catch and everything, soft hands, get your top hand to it. Um, that was one thing, especially low shots of being a shortstop, getting your hand all over the ground, um, using a catcher's mitt or a glove to, to be there because it's just like your top hand for a goalie, top hand for a baseball guy to catch, catch it. Um, and then the other one, more fun for little kids, is the one that uh, it's like the Velcro pad with the Velcro balls. Mm. Um, it's like a little kid's game that you can catch Velcro. And I know exactly back. what you're talking about, yeah. Again, like you need to keep your hand flat this or tilt your stick back or whatnot you're not going to make a save so keeping that flat going across putting that ball stick to the velcro not going to attack it but letting you receive it and it's a way to teach youth goalies and younger goalies because they obviously love that velcro and throwing back and stuff like that so it's a way of teaching them ways without throwing them in the cage and just shoot the softball down yeah uh that is a great one i'm writing that down because it also you know like the you got to keep as you make the save. You've got to get this, the uh, maximum amount of surface area, as sure. you do with the goalie stick, right? And and sometimes, you know, w- the reason I love breaking down slow motion video with goalies so much is sometimes they have like a very bad habit of like decreasing the stick's surface area at the at the moment of the save. Yeah, for sure. That's one thing I always say when I'm working with goalies is like you're not only going to get a goalie lesson, but you're going to get like a math and geometry lesson too because. So you need to increase the surface area to get that six by six. You need to take up as much of that area as possible in everything that you do. And by the way, you turn your hand and while you hold your stick like that makes a big difference because of that surface area maximizing to help us be successful. Your stick tilted back, deflection goes in. Your still your stick your stick vertical deflection goes forward. That's a big difference in ways that you can go about it. And just by the way, you turn your stick underneath and holding it with your open hand instead of closed fist. It's a lot of, a lot of things I tell about geometry, like shortest distance and two points in straight lines. So don't mm-hmm. swing around the clock and cut through the clock to get your hand there. A lot of things, and your job is to get in front of that ball. So why would you step out at the ball when the ball is coming towards you? Give yourself more of a time to get in front of it. There's a lot of things when math and geometry takes over, my head starts spinning to the kids, and they're just like, whoa, I don't get <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it's true. It's all about angles. And th- that's another thing that I learned from you is that cut the clock. So if you have yeah. your top hand starting at, I guess, what is this, 10 o'clock, you want to yeah. cut it down through the clock to four, not going around Correct. the don't clock. Swing. Yeah, don't swing around there. Cut right through it. Yeah. Get to it as quick as possible. Other than you're swinging it, you're going to swing it and miss some time. But by cut through the clock, you get to exactly that fine point of cut through the clock and then punch your bottom hand out so that stick ends up perpendicular to the ground flat open as surface area as big as possible yeah great so the baseball mitt and then so the baseball mitt drill you've got as a righty you've got a left-handers correct baseball so mitt catch, yeah you're catching it awkwardly so i'm a right-handed lacrosse goalie but if you do a baseball i'm catching it left-handed which isn't the right mechanics to teach a goalie so it's hard so i would take a left-handed goal, a left-handed baseball glove for me since i'm a righty goalie 
and that's when I go across mm-hmm. the body, catch it, stuff like that. So it's the way of your top hand being in charge, top hand doing all the work, getting there. Um, and then it's awkward to see him try to throw the ball back. If you're yeah, <laughs> throw it back left-handed. Yeah, but. Just out of curiosity, have you ever seen any goalies switch um, like their top hand during certain moments of the game? Adam Gittleman tried it a couple of years ago, um, especially like in the MLL. He did it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do it anymore, so I guess he didn't find it successful. Yeah, like it. It's something but, I'm gonna. It's something I've been experimenting with a little bit. Um, sure. Anyway, I'm gonna talk to Adam too, so I'll let you know how it goes. There you go. Um, yeah, so it's 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 interesting. I don't. I mean, if I had to play right now, I could play left-handed. I have no problem. I think just by playing for this many years, I could play left-handed. But I'm more comfortable making an all-six-side save right-handed yeah. than yeah. switching to the left-handed because yeah. it's just natural. I guess people will play the other way, like decrease angle and one side of the field, you play lefty, one side of the field, you play righty, but um, you can, I'll just change my position and give you more thick side than off side and fading. Brian Docker used to back in the day, but uh, mm-hmm. kind of, I'd change my position more so than I'd change my hands. That makes sense. Side of the field. Yeah. And kind of, you know, uh, I guess giving up a little bit more of the stick side part of yeah. the goal because that's an easier save. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we got the baseball net, the Velcro. Any other, any other, like uh, drills or lessons or anything that you use for coaching? Yeah. Uh, there's a, a Nico model from his new ball toss drill. It's like a juggling drill. Um, what you do? It's high intense, high reps, uh, which I'm pretty. I, I like enjoy. I've taken the ball toss drill and just taught various different variations to it. I was the old school, just step and catch and throw it back. Um, you over exaggerate, throw it five yards wide and make a guy hit the shuffle three or four times to get there. That's one that I do. Uh, there's one where you swing your hand back and forth like a pendulum. Sometimes you throw the ball, sometimes you don't. So it works on reacting rather than... Mm, I get it. Like, like the coach is kind of swinging his arm back and forth. Yep, and the goal uh-huh. is ready for throw it, I go get it. But if you don't, then I'm stating, waiting, waiting, waiting until I say it's action, reaction, right? You don't have to go uh, shooter acts, you have to react. So don't react until it's the first action. Movement. Don't move before that shot happens because you're giving them space that they might want to shoot at. Mm, I like it. So, I like it. And a lot like the one thing that uh, you hear people say, goalies got to be on their toes. Well, if you're on your toes, you're going to fall forward on any fake, any hitch. On the balls of your feet, and then your toes can drip the ground and act like brakes before. So that's what I teach. And then do that pendulum, fake toss, toss, whatnot, because people on their toes are going to fall over and fall forward. But if they're balanced and they're athletic and they're relaxed, they'll bend the balls of their feet and be able to sit there all day. Yeah, I like that. I, I want to uh, I want to throw an idea uh, at you and see what you think. Um, so I'm always trying to like experiment with some new things. And this, this might be a great question for you because you are a tennis player, right? Or maybe you're not a tennis player, but you enjoy I tennis. Play tennis. Yeah. <laughs> I play. Was a tennis player, but I try to play. There you go. Well, in tennis, like when, when, I mean, the way the pros play, I don't, I don't know how your game is, but let's assume, let's assume in tennis, like when, when they hit the ball, the, the tennis player does like a little, I don't even know what you call it, like kind of like a hop. Yeah. You know what I mean? To kind of yep. react to, to which way the shot's going to go. And I think it kind of like the, the, the idea behind it is it gets you balanced and you know, you're going to have to go one way or the other 
So, so you're, you're preparing your body. And there are certain moments in lacrosse where you, the shot is, is coming, right? Like, you know the guy's going to take a shot. And I've been trying to sort of do that, like a little hop to balance myself when I know the shot's coming. I'm curious what, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of see it too as like you're in the ready position, but then you kind of like reload or like load up. To yeah. Brace, brace for it. Um, I'll do that, but I'll, I'll do more of my hands. Like I'll be in my ready position and then I'll kind of cock uh, and be ready. Kind of instead of moving my feet, it's just more of a like resetting my upper body. All right, here it goes. And then this is that one little like so kind of like a physical hitch to get yeah. to get your yeah, get yourself prepared. Yeah. Um and I know some guys that play with their like if you look at John Gallo, someone winds up, he starts pounding his feet in the ground. Like he starts doing machine gun feet because he's ready to attack it so his feet can get going. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a way of just being ready to go and whatnot is kinda um all for that of kinda that giddy up or that whatever it might be to get going, get yourself ready because when they have that time in room, they, you see that staring down the barrel. It's like, whatever you got to do to get ready. Cool. I like it. All right. Um, thank you so much for doing this. This has been really great. Any other, I guess, any one last piece of advice you want to leave those young goalies with? No, I think the last, like you mentioned before, but that mental aspect of the most important shot is the next one. I don't care if you've had 15 saves and, you have to make sure you make the next one. Uh, you're doing up 15 goals, the most important shot is the next one. So can't worry about what happened in the past. Look through, when you drive a car, you look through the front windshield, you look through the rear view mirror. So the most important shot is the next one, and that's kind of the mentality that I have. And you know, the most important practice and game is the next one for us. So I don't care if you've been playing, like, you've been playing really well. Um, you know, what you've done in the past won't really help you the game tomorrow. So be ready to go. The most important shot is the next one. Awesome. Well said. Um, I forgot to ask about your stick setup. We talked a little bit about it, but you, are you, you, you have the eraser too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a Brian, Brian athlete using the eraser. I've used, I used the Eclipse in high school, Eclipse in college, then the Nemesis, now the eraser too. So I've been back and forth with each setup and um, the eraser too has been a nice open wide stick that I tend to enjoy. It's more of a setback, uh, raise yep. back a little bit. So it's a nice offset head, and again, my pocket as big as possible. Uh, it's pretty light too. I've been playing around with the eraser too, um, just recently because yeah. I've seen so many pros and like top guys use it, and it's really light. It's been great. It's very uh, sturdy and stable. I've never broken one um, five years that I've been using it recently. So, wow, uh, it's been awesome. And the one I'm using now is the same one I used last year, so it's been sturdy and held up and. The biggest critique I have about goalie heads is like when they get hot or they get so bendy and they give and bend backwards when you take a shot. And this thing, this stick's been, been with me and staying strong. And hopefully, it can last all the way to the championship weekend. There you go. Well, good luck uh, in the in the you know the MLL playoffs. And um, thank you so much for coming on. If if people want to learn a little bit more about you, is there is there a place they should go? Uh, I guess uh, my Twitter handle is bfitfor30. Um, it's kind of where I'll post stuff for crosswise, but um, I believe there's this new app that's coming out. Um, Adam Gilman's starting it up, I believe. That's all about like, um, where people can post drills and workouts and 
get critiques and stuff like that. So I'm sure he'll tell you a little bit more about it, but it's an awesome resource coming out for, uh, for those interested in the cross to get better and learn from uh, the guys that have done it. Wow. Can't wait to hear about that. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll link up, I'll link up to that, uh, to, to your Twitter. So folks can, if they, if they uh, want to reach out, they can, but I appreciate it, Brian. This has been great. No problem. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed talking about this and uh, hopefully we can do it again. Cool. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that interview with MLL goalie, Brian Phipps. That was a great one. He's got some mental mindsets a lot of great advice, and even a lot of cool drills, a couple new drills that I learned that I can't wait to implement into my coaching routine. As always, I hope you enjoyed that show. Reach out if you have any questions or comments. Leave me a review on iTunes if you can. It helps other goalies find the show. As always, get out there, get some work in. Take care. I'm Coach Damon Wilson. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.